Well, reason for the call today, John, is... Welcome to Internal Use Only. Something just came across my desk, John. It is perhaps the best thing I've seen in the last six months. If you have 60 seconds, I'd like to share the idea with you. Got a minute? A podcast for wholesalers. Always be closing. Always be closing. By wholesalers. Blue Horseshoe loves Anacott Steel. Okay, before we get started, I have one question. Has anyone here passed a Series 7 exam? I have a Series 7 license. Good for you. You can get out. Let's cut to the chase. Here's your host, Dan Sullivan. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Internal Use Only Podcast. If it's your first time tuning in, welcome. We're happy that you're listening today. And if you're a repeat listener, thank you so much for being back and tuning in to this week's episode. If you've been a longtime follower of the show, you know that the majority of these episodes are interview-based, but every now and then there becomes a topic that we just can't resist. This show focuses on everything that is sales in the asset management industry. And just this past week, or at least within a couple of weeks since this has been recorded, we had one of the biggest events that happened, and that is the Schwab Impact Conference. We've had almost at least three or four of our guests that were wholesalers come on the podcast and say that some of their best stories came from events or conferences. Obviously, Schwab Impact is a huge one. So I got to thinking, what would be better than providing a first-of-a-kind episode for the industry, bringing a breakdown and recap of all things that happened at the Charles Schwab Impact Conference. So what we're going to achieve today will be a very quick episode. There's no interview, but I'm going to take the asset manager's point of view or the sponsors and vendors that were there and go through a couple of things that made the event special. Thanks to this lovely network of podcast uh, listeners and groups that are out there in the field, we got a pretty good breakdown of some of the booths, some of the activations, some of the events. So we're going to make sure that we cover that. For those that might be less familiar with Schwab Impact, it is obviously a conference hosted by Charles Schwab. You ever heard of him? I think you've probably heard of Charles Schwab. If you've been a wholesaler in the field for a while, there's no excuse to not know this event. You may have already participated or been there. If you're an internal or maybe new to the industry, it's just a massive event that's sponsored by Charles Schwab. So anybody that covers them, if you are selling to any of their advisors, maybe you have a product on their platform or any of the number of like RIA-related services that are being provided to Schwab, it's kind of the place to be. From a scale perspective, it's like any other conference, but it's just on steroids. Like There are thousands of people there. It's hosted at a convention center. So where all of the vendors are is just 10 to 15 times bigger than most of your run-of-the-mill conferences. And it was it's so popular and well-attended and obviously has such a, a big clout that even one morning they had the CNBC team was there recording their morning session. So financial media is there covering it. There's a lot of people there. What we're going to focus on today, though, are the most important people in the crowd and the reason why we have an audience here at Internal Use Only, and that is the asset managers. So the fund companies that are out there actually sponsoring this, giving themselves a booth, representing themselves, doing that hard work of getting the booth set up, chatting to people, offering their trinkets, and this will be a first of a kind episode, first of its kind episode in the industry, where we're going to talk about what it was like to be an asset manager and a sponsor there. I'm going to give a couple of awards and recognition based on some of the feedback 
that was present at the event itself. But I hope that it's going to be fun, different, and entertaining. If you were there, I hope that this all aligns with what you experienced. If you had not attended, maybe someone at your company did, share this episode with them, let them know. And maybe if you're in a role or a position where you might be thinking about whether it's worth it to attend, maybe this provides some perspective on what that experience was like and some of the pros and cons. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to break down a couple of different awards, some superlatives. All of what I'm about to say is just for fun. Big disclaimer on all of this. This is a completely subjective review based on some feedback from those that have participated and some different eyewitness testimonials that were down at Schwab. So here's what we're going to talk about. The event as a whole, first and foremost, hosted in Philadelphia. So a lot of different firms that are based in the tri-state area. I guess Pennsylvania is not necessarily tri-state, but between the you know New York City area, Pennsylvania, groups that are based in like the Northeast, very easy to get to, which which is pretty solid. Downtown Philly had a number of different activities. So if you were look at if you look at Schwab's website and the agenda, there was no shortage of bars or restaurants, entertainment happening basically right out the doorstep of the venue which is always a huge factor. Like nothing is worse when you have to go to an event where the location of the event is isolated or standalone and you're limited only to a couple of the food options or restaurants. So the fact that it was in a big city, always a huge advantage. Heard from a lot of folks that it was great to be able to pop in and out, grab coffee some places, basically have opportunities to move around. So I think as far as a host city goes, Philly was pretty well respected uh, and everyone was pretty pumped that it was in a, in a place where there were things happening. And that lended itself well to some of the bigger style entertainment that this event has. So it's kind of like a, almost like a festival vibe, if you will. So if I wanted to break this down, if I had to summarize what that overall sentiment was based on some of the thoughts that were shared from the trusted internal use only podcast network, it would be this. Uh, so the, the event was great if you were able to pre-schedule the right amount of side meetings with either individuals or clients that you wanted to see. Everybody arrives at that conference wanting to catch different folks, depending on who you're selling to. I did hear that the number of pre-scheduled meetings was a little bit challenging, but a couple of the groups that had the right people in mind and did get those side meetings, it was great. Good for everybody to be in one place together and make those meetings easier. Caveat, just being very low response rate from anybody who had done any outreach prior to book individual sessions. Part of that, I would wager, is that, as you can imagine, the programming for the advisors that were in attendance was start to finish. So every day is jam-packed. There's a number of different things going on. Uh, overheard that even just in like the coffee shops, there's a lot of breakout meetings happening for the Schwab advisors. So their time is not only being taken up by the general sessions, but they are doing a number of different networking meetings, business meetings as individuals which tend to take away from their time to catch up with any of the asset management or service provider reps that are down at the event. That's a, By the way, that's a big problem in the industry as a whole with conferences and events. We just recorded an episode that's going to go live with, a, with an allocator that gave his feedback on ways that modern conferences can be better. And it is the purpose of going down to these events is that you hope to facilitate meaningful individual meetings. The booth traffic regardless of what kind of event you're at, is slower. Um, I, I can't explain necessarily why part of it is programming. Maybe part of it is because people don't want to necessarily like walk down the hallways 
and just get bombarded by all of the vultures that are the vendors who we are every every conference we go to. We've all been there. We know how it feels. Uh, I just don't know if people are swinging by the booth as much to just pick up information as they used to. But that is a topic for a separate episode. Um, let me just see what else was great about this event. There's so many different folks that are down there. And this is a small industry. So being able to catch up with colleagues that maybe you used to work with or you had a chance to uh, connect with at other events. It's a very small community. And that was highlighted by some of the, the vendors that kind of mentioned how many years in a row they've been to Schwab Impact and how familiar the places are. Like there was one example, uh, somebody caught an advisor, must've been a Schwab advisor. And the guy like looks over, he says his name and you could tell it was a, it was one of those brief moments where the two people in the conversation, they knew each other, but they like completely forgot how or why they knew each other. This happens all the time. As that person walks away, the individual turns to me and goes, the last time I saw that person, I think he was 40 pounds heavier. So this was one of those examples where there's just like, it's a small world. You see people over time. It's nice to be able to go to an event like Schwab where you can, you're confident that there will be like a number of people that are actually going to be there. So those are some of the things about the event itself that are great. That is excluding all of the general entertainment that exists. Like Schwab Impact is meant to be fun. There are happy hours every afternoon. There's dinner events. I know a number of the different sponsors had their own parties, which we're going to get to in a moment. What I want to do now, if you're still with me, appreciate this. I know it's not an interview episode. I wanted to carve out a moment to do a little bit of rewards and recognition because asset management, vendors, sponsors, however you want to label yourself, nobody ever really gets the love that they want, even though they're spending so many dollars just to have a booth down there. So I wanted to give us a nice little rewards and recognition podcast today where we go over some of the basics. And these are all the things that us as salespeople just like chatter about while we attend these conferences and events, right? So we're going to do a, a little sequence right now or segment, which is going to be called the best of. So I'm going to go through a couple of different categories and I'm going to just list out a few of the firms that stood out, why that was interesting, entertaining, or something that caught the audience's eye. And we'll, uh, we'll, we'll give some love to everyone that attended. So if you are listening to this episode and you attended and you were you felt like something I overlooked and I missed it, please let me know. Uh, we'll adjust this or in the social posts, we'll make sure that we get to it. Let's do it. Let's dive in. We are going to be doling out recognition in four different categories. We'll be going through booth, so best booth, best booth activation, best trinkets or giveaways, and finally, the best after party or best after hours event. So those are the four categories that we're going to walk through. It'll be booth, booth activation, trinkets and giveaways, and then lastly, the, the best event or after party. So best booth setup. Clearly something very important when you walk into a massive hallway, or this is really a convention center. So there's, you know, there's like hundreds of spaces that are set up, a couple hundred, if you will. So standing out when you set up your booth is essential. What makes this particular event so much different is that this is like a no frills conference. So whoever at your company sets up the, the booth or whatever, better bring their A game. And so these two companies that I'm going to list, probably to no surprise based on their scale, were a, a step above the rest. So I'm going to give my, the best booth setup. 
it was carnival themed and it goes to Northern Trust. Their their booth was like it looked like a little block party, basically. And they had a number of different games you could play from like a ring toss to like a carnival basketball. And whether you like that or think it's like kitschy or whatever, it was the only booth where you like looked around as a participant and were like, I should go into this. Like I should walk in and say hi. So as far as like generating conversations and everything, really, really well done. Um, Someone that attended said that they've been doing that booth for a while. So maybe it's the first time it's been covered, but it was a extravagant setup and deserving of the award for the best booth setup. Second, uh, we have to go give credit to one of the largest firms in the game, and that is BlackRock. To no surprise, they were a step above the rest, maybe because of budget, but maybe because they're thinking ahead with some of these things. But they had a their booth was like a double decker booth. So there was a staircase that led from their little area where you could walk up. And then I, I believe, I believe, at least from what I heard, they were facilitating some meetings there. So very different. Obviously, nobody else had that kind of situation or that kind of setup. And I would imagine if you were in a meeting up top there, it probably felt pretty cool, even though you just like walked up there. So that was definitely different as far as booth goes. Got to give credit to those two companies like Northern Trust and BlackRock, booth wise, you know, a step above the rest. Our next category, uh, not necessarily just like the physical booth itself, but the activation and the experiences that would attract someone to come swing by the booth. So there are there were two that stand out here. Now I apologize because I don't I don't have the actual vendor who it was. I believe it was a either a service provider or some kind of fintech platform. I know it was towards like the back of the room from what I heard. One of the groups just had a a craft coffee machine. So they were making like espressos, cappuccinos. From what I had heard, there were a little bit, it was difficult to access coffee if you were one of the vendors that was standing behind your booth or asset managers or wholesaler reps. So like being able to stay confined into the, the area and get access to like coffee, I guess was, was very highly valuable. So uh, the rumor mill was that it was clutch awesome to have a booth that actually had like an espresso machine that was making coffee drinks for people. So that is certainly a fantastic activation. Uh, another one that, or number two here, second recognition we're going to give goes to uh, Voya. Voya had a shoe shine that was set up. So it almost looked like a, an airplane or a train terminal with, you know, like three or four seats where people could like roll up and get shoe shine. Now, the question that we have about this or that I, that I have to bring up, and maybe I'll be polling some of our female audience members or I'll leave it to the, the Instagram followers to give us some thoughts and feedback on this. But I did ask myself, is the shoeshine station a little bit one-sided towards the male demographic? I don't necessarily think that shoeshining is something that women necessarily have to do. I had a short sample size. Uh, I asked my wife, I was like, hey, by the way, are there any shoes that you would like get polished or, or like sit down at a shoe stand for? And her response was like, most likely not. So maybe for like the female audience, I'm going to dock Voya a little bit just for having maybe a little bit of an odd, like this is only for guys with dress shoes kind of activation. But I do have to say, awesome setup nonetheless. And it it stands out. Moving on into our next category here. So uh, this is about the, the top giveaways and trinkets. So anyone who's ever gone to an event, you know 
there's a sequence of events that happen prior to you arriving at that event. The first one, you pay the sponsorship, you kind of confirm that you're in. The second one, you get yourself the list of attendees, you send a blast email praying to God that someone books a meeting with you that you want to see while you're at the event to justify the amount of costs. Then after that, you work with your marketing team, or maybe this is on your own, but you figure out what kind of giveaways, trinkets, swag, whatever you want to call it, you're going to have on your table in the hopes that all of that stuff there attracts people to at least swing by and it can generate some conversation. So all these like giveaways and trinkets, they're in no particular order. They're just ones that stood out and caught the eye. So I'm going to, I'll list the firm and what that gift was and just a couple of thoughts on why that was slightly different or why it stood out. Um, so there were, there were two different groups that had pet themed giveaways, which I think is unique because obviously if you're not there to grab things for yourself, if you're, let's say an advisor at Schwab, you might grab something for your kids or for your family. So Peyton and Regal, they had the Peyton puppies. It was a, it was a stack up of all these dog stuffed animals. Very different, very clever. Saw a lot that get a lot of attention. Another group, I'm going to forget what firm it was. So forgive me on that. But they had puppy bowls too. So it was like a to-go dog bowl, which if you are a dog owner, you know that those are, are pretty clutch to have, especially in the summer. So those are, those are good little branding giveaways that, uh, that were unique and different. On the same vein, Parnassus was there. They had a very uniquely colored bamboo style item that I don't think many people knew what it was, but eventually found out that it was a little bamboo case with colored pencils, which is completely different than any other little like pen giveaway that I have ever seen. So interesting to catch that. Um, we'll link pictures to what I have on the Instagram once this episode goes live so you can see for yourself, but those all just randomly stood out. Um, I'm going to give a shout out to Natixis. Um, Natixis is a group that was down there. A couple of folks um, who are followers of the podcast, great individuals, Kelsey and Mike. Uh, they have tied to go pens. So those tied to go sticks, obviously they are not the most sexy thing in the world. What they lack in flash though, they certainly make up for in their utility category. As you can probably imagine when you're traveling or at an event, you like the last thing you want is to have like a stain anywhere. And uh, while, while a very random little trinket, one that has high, high utility, so definitely one that you're like, oh, convenient, never know when I'm going to need it, but at least you got one. Some others that uh, I'd like to give a, a quick shout out to uh, PIMCO. PIMCO had pretzels, obviously very local flair down in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. They take pride in, in their pretzels. I actually don't know the backstory on why that is. I just remember there being a, a Philadelphia pretzel company in the town that I grew up, which was in New Jersey. But PIMCO had both dark chocolate, milk chocolate flavored pretzels that were there branded in line with the local flair. So that was definitely a nice little touch. Give credit to the Calamos team. They had a, their booth, they had a basketball, bright green basketball that matched the branding of the firm. It was the basketball itself was up for raffle. It was made out of sustainable materials and it was signed by Giannis obviously who's a superstar on the Milwaukee Bucks, their team. And that was one of the most interesting from having just a, you know, like a sports or entertainment being mixed into like the core asset management or fund offerings. So cool partnership that they've got, cool little activation there. The blue and green colors are more like the Seattle Seahawks, which amongst the, you know, the sea of the other blue and black and other more traditionally colored asset management booths, that one definitely stood out. 
Uh, and then I have to give a shout to like the most unique or different one that I like have never actually seen. And that goes to a, a smaller company nonetheless, but Logan Capital, uh, Dan, Joe, and Chris that were down there. One of their giveaways, they had, it was like a glasses cleaner or an iPad cleaner. And when you open it, the cloth is their territory map. And so it's a smaller distribution team, but when you open it up, it just got, it's got the three names. It's got the, uh, the contact information. So it's, I haven't, I've never seen that. And it's one of those more like completely random and entertaining thing that they just got those on stock. So if you were to have like their wholesaler map brought up, now you just have that on like a glasses cleaner or a screen cleaner or an iPad cleaner. So that one was definitely different and unique. Those guys did a great job down there. Now let's get on to the very last and hopefully the most entertaining bit, which is the best after party. So again, admittedly, not having participated or fully been involved, I can't get into any nitty gritty about stories or wild events or anything that was going on that maybe was percolating or being talked about behind the scenes. But big conferences like this, there is always entertainment and action happening afterwards. So there's a big happy hour, obviously, that leads into different territory dinners or other dinners. And then there's larger entertainment like Schwab itself. There's always an end event that has like a legit concert. I don't know who it was this year. You can double check online, but it's like it's a party. I did hear that there was a live band, some very good entertainment at the Nuveen and Peyton and Rigel, Peyton and Regal. Hope I get the pronunciation right. It seemed like they had a pretty good after party that was fairly well attended, had some live music. Um, I know that the Alliance Bernstein group had a pretty solid after hours event that was also pretty well attended. So these are all different ways that the asset managers are getting involved in the mix. So you, you always want to do your best to either entertain, have a group of people come together. If you were a part of any of those parties and you were down there, let me know. Our goal is to make sure we're highlighting some of this, obviously, and just getting the word out there. But if nothing else, just reminding ourselves that when we go to these events, we want to have fun. Everybody wants to have fun outside of our product pitches, outside of our formally scheduled networking meetings at the conference. Who knows when you're going to make a friend or meet somebody that could be impactful at some of these after hours events. So really, at the end of the day, that's what some of these conferences are all about, building up that network, getting to see people having some fun, and then maybe having some ridiculous stories afterwards. I can say for a fact, I have some some very interesting and intriguing stories because of all of the different events that I've participated in. And obviously, the conferences typically never, never disappoint on that front. Uh, and that's about it. If I missed anything and you were there, let me know. If you weren't there, have any questions, please reach out. We always love, I always love the audience feedback. Like the, the best part about big events like this is that you kind of realize that people have found this show, even though it's way more of a grassroots effort and has never really been promoted. And all of these episodes and content come from the audience. So the next five to seven episodes, a lot of those are user listener driven, sourced from topics and guests that are important to you, the wholesaler or the asset management rep that's out in the field. And so we want to continue to grow this show and keep it going. So I hope that this was fun, lighthearted, nothing too serious kept you occupied on a flight, on a drive, maybe in the gym, maybe you're an internal at a desk, just cranking through some busy work. And it's something that you've got on in the background. I appreciate your listenership. If you've enjoyed the show, make sure you follow us on Instagram. We do regular polls. I'll post extra content. You'll be able to see some of the images and some of these trinkets and giveaways that we discussed here today, at least ones that were the pictures and images that were sent to me. And then of course, you'll get up-to-date episode content quotes, all things that you would want to hear from this 
community that follows the show. So everybody, thanks so much. We will be back in another couple of weeks with a great lineup of interviews. So stay tuned. Thank you for following the show. And if you want to catch us via email, find it in the show notes. It's internaluseonlypodcast at gmail.com. That's all I got. Have an awesome week. Thanks for listening. Find us on Instagram at internaluseonlypodcast or email us at internaluseonlypodcast at gmail.com.